1: Welcome to Cottage Talk full-time. I'm Russ Coleman. Joining me right now is Emilio Danello and film legend, Rob Wilson. We're going to give our initial reaction to Fulham's 3-2 loss to Everton at Craven Cottage on this Sunday. It's a disappointing loss. Rob, I'm going to go right to you. I just want to get your initial reaction to what we just watched.
0: Yeah,
2: I mean, obviously, it's very frustrating to to, to, to go to another defeat, Um you know, and the manner of it more than first half than the second half was, um, you know, suicidal football and, and decision making from us. 42 seconds, you know, we're barely getting uh, into the stride of the game um, and we go one nil down for, from our own, you know, our own making. And that, you know, a crossfield pass, uh, a sloppy ball back from Bobby Reed gets cut out again. I mean, it ends up in the back of the net a bit fluky, but it's poor defending. And, it's, and it, to me, it's poor decision-making, you know, 42 seconds after we just kicked off. So it puts you on the back foot straight away in that first minute.
1: Totally agree, Rob. And then uh, luckily, well, I shouldn't say luckily, for Fulham's sake, for our sake, they get the uh, equalizer and uh, things are looking up. What are your thoughts about how Fulham responded from going down 1-0? Yeah,
2: I mean, five, six minutes into the game there, we, we started to to grow into the game um and obviously eventually we did get the goal a great a great bit of movement and passing uh, ends up with Bobby you know being a nice finish which he owed us one after the mistake of the first <laughs> goal um and then to be fair we we were on the ascendancy for 15 17 minutes there That's we right. were we were growing we were playing some nice uh, nice football we were not creating too many chances but we looked like we were growing into the game very very well and then again poor defending on the second goal gets us Gets us, you know, gets us back on the back foot again, and the third goal comes very quickly after that. And right. all of a sudden, we we look like we were getting absolutely bombarded wide. I mean, Awobi, you know, he's a right wing back. He, he he made he made our two players out on the left, uh, Robinson and and Lookman. You know, I mean, I don't think Lookman helped Robinson at all. I think he was playing too narrow in that first half. I mean, their system were different. I thought Scott could have changed it uh, probably mid mid before he did at half-time. Uh, I thought he, he could have reacted a bit quicker because we were we were just getting bombarded by right. both their wing-backs in terms of uh, Awobi and and Ding down the left. I mean, and I felt sorry for the two full-backs that they weren't getting no screen.
1: Well, Rob, you know, and I'll go to million in one second because we saw a completely different second half. So what were the adjustments that saw Fulham play much tighter to Everton? And really, their huge threats were, I'm talking about the three up front, they were – nullified in the second half so what did fulham do in the second half to get back in the match and really look like they had an opportunity to get something out of this
2: yeah i mean you could see he made one one major change he put lookman out a uh, uh, right wing to stop yep. just to push to to push uh, uh ding back that far and to be fair if you looked at robinson how well he played second half Awobi played like a normal right back. He didn't play as a right mm-hmm. wing back. He never touched the ball until the last five minutes of the game, there where he had a couple of runs. Robinson was pushing him back, so you know tactically we we stopped their 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 source in uh, the way they were coming at us. I mean, Luckman probably for the uh, for the pan- uh, for the second goal, or, um, he, he made the only one positive run. I thought I thought he could have been a little bit more positive when he got the ball. He just seemed to be content on doing a job in stopping them going forward as opposed to trying us to get help us get back in the game, whereas Robinson was completely the difference. He went he went yep. really gunfire and pushed forward very, very well and created a lots of stuff down the left-hand side. So, you know, that and, and and looked like Bobby Reed changed his position. He came in a little bit behind um, Cavalero, yep. um, not, not convinced that worked. Obviously, the strange substitutions, I personally thought, I, th- oh, I thought it was right to bring on um, Loftus-Cheek. Uh, but I wouldn't have took Tom off. I would, have, okay. uh, I would have took Lamina off. I thought he was very poor to me. Personally. I totally agree. Um, totally agree. And I was surprised he stayed on the pitch as long as he did. So I would have liked to have seen Tom stayed on, but Loftus come on as well. Obviously, Frank came on late on. Um, I, I thought he took a little bit of time to get into the game, but we know he has got the potential um, to, to change games. And, and to be fair, if he looked at the second four or five minutes, as much as it was very pleasing to say that we didn't collapse we've still lost the game. You know, we've still lost the game. Yes. You know, we've still conceded three goals. Uh, I fought a few times today. Anderson, he's defending, was alarmingly uh, worrying for me because I thought the first three games, four games I've been watching him, he, he, he seemed to have got away with it. But today I thought he got caught out a few times. And the same with um, uh, Ayana right back. I thought his, uh, his positional play were very poor on second and
0: third goals.
1: Okay. Excellent. Over to you, Amelia. Your opening thoughts, and feel free to comment on what Rob just shared there.
0: Yeah, obviously, without ripping everything that Rob said, I agree pretty much with everything he said. It's uh, you know, obviously slow off the mark again. There's nothing worse than being on the back foot one minute into into a game that we needed to pick something out, you know, get something out of the game. We've got three very very tough games coming up, and this is arguably the game where we had more more chance to pick up a point, if not more. But to be honest, it, you know, let's, let's I'm going to give Everton some credit here. We played against. A very good Everton team. Absolutely, you know,
1: I have, you know, have to give them full credit.
0: Feats. but they've got three f- world class forwards there. You know, obviously David Lewin's down, growing into a more very rounded, very clinical striker, and you've got Richarlison and uh, Rodriguez who are world class. Let's not be, let's not forget that. So we were, you know, at times it was men against boys, especially in that first five ten minutes after we conceded. But we then grew into that game. Like Rob said, you know, we started, we 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 responded well. We showed professionalism and and belief by getting that equaliser. At that point, we started to sort of play the ball well, nice, neat passing, good movement, good passing. And, you know, at that point, I thought we were the, we were on top. We got Everton on the back foot. Yes, they were creating a lot of chances. It was a very open game, very expansive. And I think at times maybe we were a bit naive and pushing our, our full-backs up too much. We gave Everton a bit too much respect by pushing forward and leaving ourselves far too exposed at the back. And when they scored a second goal, I thought our heads dropped, to be honest. yep, We lost We lost. We lost that uh, that belief that we got back into the game the second, and then the third. And to be honest, Everton on the, on the balance of play in the first half could have been five-one up. You know, keeper made a couple of good saves. They had a goal that was ruled out for offside. Every time they came forward, they looked dangerous. You know, you know, Aina and um, Robinson were totally exposed throughout the whole of that first half. You know, there was so much space. Like they said we made their their backs look like world class players. To be honest, and uh, in the day we went into the dressing room. Thankfully, with referee. Briefly it blew up. But oh, I, was I was expecting changes at half-time. And so was I. I was expecting immediate changes. You know, I was critical of Lamina all season, critical again of him today. And, you know, what did he do right? And we'll talk about a turning point for me in that first half when it was 1-1 before they scored their second. You know, it was three against three, if I recall. Lamina had a great chance to push forward and his ball got stuck in his feet and lost, slowed the game down. And Bobby Reid also had another opportunity when, again, three against three, could have done better in that first half. But overall... You know did everton take the foot off the gas second half you could argue to some extent they did but we showed promise we made you know lot of cheats coming on it's important i think he gave us that physical strength that quality that we were missing lookman playing more naturally in his in his wide position and we looked a little bit more threatening but if we had better final balls into the box maybe we could have snatched a maybe an undeserved equalizer but overall on the balance of play i don't think we deserved anything from the game but there's hope the two halves you know poor first half encouraging yeah. the second half but Zero points on the board, unfortunately.
1: That's the bottom line. Totally agree with what you and Robinson are talking about when it comes to that. But, mm-hmm. Rob, I want to go back to you because I want to talk about a couple of comments from your friend Tony Gale during the match. First of all, he was talking about Adam o. Lookman, and I'm paraphrasing exactly what he said, but he was thinking that maybe he was lacking a little confidence coming off of the penalty mess. I want your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. And also, he was talking about, even though Fulmer having all this possession and controlling the play after they scored the goal the there were not enough crosses in the box there and the crosses in the box were poor and then he was also mentioning that we were just not moving the ball quick enough and again I'm paraphrasing a little bit what he was talking about but with all the possession we really weren't really threatening Everton a lot after we scored the goal so why aren't your thoughts on what Tony shared during the match
2: yeah I mean I mean I Lookman, I'm sure he's had long enough to get over the disappointment of a couple of weeks ago. Um, You know what I mean? So I didn't see that notably in his body language. I mean, obviously, um, we were on the back foot from that first 42 seconds. So, you know, confidence probably was a bit low. He was probably caught in between knowing what to do in a position he was playing because I kept switching it out to a Wobie. The ball was out on that right-hand side, on his left-hand side a lot in that first half. So he was probably working a lot harder off the ball than we probably give him credit for, you know, in terms right. uh, of his decision-making, when to to, to go wide to help uh, uh, Robinson or not. But in terms of his confidence, I'm sure, you know, at the end of the day, he's, he's only a youngster and I'm sure that's long gone. Um the decision in terms of the penalty decider um, in in Cavalero taking it late on, you know, with Mitro and Luckman still on the pitch, must have been um, decided before the game. Because um, I thought, you know, I was expecting one of them to possibly um, to have the confidence and go and get that. But obviously, I'd, I'd imagine it it uh, it must have been decided before before we before um, before the game. Um, but in terms of uh, moving the ball, I thought at times, we, you know, in that 15, 16-minute period when it was 1-1, I thought we actually yep. were – I mean, the, the only downside of it from a negative point of view, I suppose with Mitro not being in there, the, the players on the ball, you know, probably look up and decide whether to cross it. Right. Um, Robinson and Ayanna, they're, they're both very good crossers of the ball usually, but with Mitro not being in there and no presence of, you know, Cavallero meant to be playing down the middle, read just off him or whatever – we probably were a bit reluctant to put crosses in because mm-hmm. knowing that we probably wouldn't be uh, strong enough to win any aerial battles in there. So that yeah. may have been in their in their minds in yeah. trying to, yeah. I, I, And then my wife said at one stage they just play one pass too many. You know they try and walk yeah. it in. You know yeah. everything's a nice Good little point. It comes off a little flick, mm-hmm. one two for the penalty. You know that that we try and play that type of brand of football, nice pretty football in the wrong you know, in in the final third. Yep. Um where we should be, you know, a little bit more ruthless and, and get it out your feet, get it wide, and get crosses in.
0: That's, that's the other he was talking about. Yeah, and I think the thing you know we should cover as well is obviously the starting lineup. Let's talk if we're going to reflect the game yep. for yeah, me. Let's
1: go right there, Emilio. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the honors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I just think you know when you're you're a team, you know, struggling at the wrong end of the table, you've effectively got two of your eleven starting players on the bench. Because of for international, I assume it's for international duty purposes, and you know they're maybe a little bit tired, and Mitro is a little bit out of form. But for me, whether Mitrovic is out of form or not, there's no alternative. Who else do we have up there? To be honest, so Reid took his goal well. Give him credit for that. But you know, you you need your big man up there, whether he's playing in good form unless you've got an appropriate backup, which we don't. And Anguissa, yes, he had he played international duty midweek again. But when you two of your starting eleven players are on the bench, That you're already on the back foot. And, you know, that showed literally that first-half performance. You missed – both players were missed. So certainly, I thought Angisa was missed. We didn't have enough strength, in, you know, courage in that midfield. Lamina, we've talked about already, you know, had a very, very poor game. So, for me, that, that's a, I was concerned by that. Maybe Mitrovic I can understand, out of form, didn't have a good international games in the in the last couple of weeks. But Angisa should have started for me. You okay. Know, we can't – Putting up a, in, a comment here, in, here Emilia, from, from our area. friend Brian Lake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that, you know, Cavalera coming back into the team, really. You know, he, he barely got into the team last year, and yet you starting a Premier League team against uh, arguably a top six team. It just doesn't make sense to me. So for me, that, that we were already on the back foot with that starting lineup when we found out of those two um, tactical changes, as I quote from Scott Park when I heard his interview just before the game started. Mm. I don't know about, Rob, what do you think? You know, were you surprised by those changes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was
2: surprised. Um, I mean, if you look at their side, they had lots of players that travelled all around the world on international duty. I was and, thinking the uh, same thing. <laughs> and then their starting eleven, he played all of their best players, Rodriguez In right. Colombia, you know what I mean? So yeah. a lot of them had travelled all around, just the same sort of distance that our yeah. so-called internationals had played, you know? So, um, you know, I mean, I, I can't buy that as an excuse. Um, tactical mm-hmm. Scott's words yet in his meet, in his... In his, um, in his interview before the game. I mean, some of these players only turned up yesterday from international yeah. duty, so they wouldn't have had any time to build any sort of natural pattern of play for this game. Um, Yes, I could understand Mitro disappointing, obviously, the last couple of weeks, obviously, away with Serbia, his body language when he missed the penalty mm-hmm. himself only, you know, a week or 10 days ago. But, you know, he, he is a focal point of our, the way we play. So I think, you know, maybe that, was the wrong decision, in my opinion. You know, maybe as much as we feel sometimes we do all right without him, um, you know, the way we played. And we haven't got a replacement number nine. If Cavalero was meant to play as the false number nine today, he didn't do a very good
1: job. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. Rob, I want to go back to you because uh, I want to use this as a jumping off point because we are talking about the defense. Let's talk about this goal because I think, again, the timing of it obviously is horrible, but it's the mistakes because I think they learned very quickly into this match that they, again, when you're playing a team like Everton with all the firepower, you, you can't do this again against any team in the Premier League. You might get away with it in the championship, but this just showed me that they haven't learned from the lessons, even in the championship to do the passing that they did, make the mistakes that they made that they continually made throughout the match. Yeah. From defense going forward, they were continually making bad passes.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think as we said, it started for the goal. I mean that 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 crossfield pass. Mm. Um, you know, if that needs to go forward, that it's decision making, Rob. Forward. Right? Um, and we had a number of them. Uh, Reed lost one, and then Anderson. He, I mean, back to play. He gave you remember the one he gave away as a corner because he had the keeper. That back was to ridiculous. Yeah. In the end, he, he knocked it out for a corner for them because. We were trying to overplay. We're not good enough to play like that. We are not good enough, you know, and especially when a team like Everton, with their front three, as much as they are good going forward, they do press you very high as well. So mm-hmm. they don't give you the chance to settle on the ball. Um, so, yeah, we did make our own mistakes. If you get beyond that first line, like anything, if you're technically good enough, then that's nice. You can go into the next line and break the lines down. But at the moment, we haven't got the players that are very comfortable at doing that. So, yeah, we, um, you know, we, we need to learn very, very quickly in that. And and the first goal was, you know, poor defensively. Um, you know, as I said earlier, I think I've seen some frailties in Anderson today, which I didn't like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He reminded me of a Tim Ream-type performance, mm-hmm. if I was honest. He, um, right. he looked more comfortable on the ball. But I think today's decision-making and way he got bullied about, uh, I mean, Galvit-Lewin is he's, he's a decent player and he, he bullied him a bit, I thought. He, he dragged him around into positions that he shouldn't be in. Mm. I in a, over overcovering for the goal, uh, definitely, you know, he's meant to be playing right back. He was ended up in the middle of the goal. Yeah, yeah. Very fortunate the way it ended up the first goal in the back and out. But the actual yeah. way they got to that situation was um, was disappointing from our point of view. Um, so, yeah, saying that second half, you know, we didn't give them too many uh, opportunities or chances no. and probably till mm-hmm. late on, as, as uh, Emilio said, whether they took the foot foot off the gas or whether we just grew into the game and, and, and pressurised them. I think it started with, I thought Robinson was excellent second half in terms of mm-hmm. pushing Awobi back yeah. um, and, and Lukman as much as he didn't push push uh push them back he, he stopped them going forward so mm-hmm. um so yeah it's it, there's there's lots to lots to work on uh, and a few nice signs that we didn't the old Fulham would have conceded four five six yeah, yeah. Well, i was thinking know, the same 10, thing two more, years ago
1: or not i was thinking yeah. the same thing so there are yeah. improvements and, and i'm glad that you mentioned that because there is a fight back here you know and, and that's going to lead me to Go to you, Emilio, because I want to talk about this and then we'll move on. Let's talk about the goal from Bobby DeCadova. This is a a nice move all together, movement from Fulham. And uh, again, we're we're talking about the old Fulham. I would have expected them to be down 2-3 or even 4-0 at this point, but they actually scored this goal. So what are your thoughts about when they equalized? You know, I thought, okay, we're showing some fight here. Yeah, absolutely. And even
0: before that, let's be honest, I was lambasting Bobby de Corredore when he (laughs) should have done better with his first chance before that. You know, you could argue Mitrovic was there without being in the back of the net. You know, maybe on the current form, maybe 50-50, but overall, he he, he fluffed it, to be honest. You know, in that position against a top six team, you've got to take your chance. You've got to, you know, you either make the goalkeeper work or you hit the back of the net. But luckily, you know, but the movement between Kenny involved in that first goal, that was nice, neat passing and you know, Bobby Reed. Let's be honest. In nice touch, got past the defender and he tucked the ball in the back of the net. That's a professional finish. You know, good finish for him. But, you know, I'll, I'll eat my words. Cause I did criticize him for fluffing that first chance when it, when we were one 0 down, when he should have done better. But then he he redeemed himself by you know scoring a very good goal. So overall, and that's when we started. Like, Rob said we started growing into the game. We looked. That's right. Problems. Our passing wasn't easy, really. was needed. but there's always this threat though. We we're all pushing off. Our fullbacks are pushing up far too much. You know, and. And then, what was the common denominator for Everton's three goals? Crossing from the fullbacks into the penalty area: goal one, goal two, goal three. Oh, three the common denominator. There's still
1: more goals. You're right.
0: And how many times have we said that we don't get enough balls from wide in the six yard box where it counts? Mm-hmm. Okay, you know their goals were too easy to score, but if you, give, you get that ball in the six yard box, you've got a chance to score. But you know our, our final ball is not good enough at times, despite yeah. all the good playing the yep. lead up to the to the to the you know the ball game, crossing the ball, some of the final ball leaves a lot to be desired. That was the difference, I think, between us and Everton. Their crossing was dangerous. They looked threatening. They always looked likely to score. That was the our, difference our in the match. I agree A little bit more slower, and the final ball was missing, the quality. And that was the difference, in my opinion, to be honest. that Three goals from wide positions, and we didn't defend any of them at all.
1: Rob, I'm glad that Emilio took us here, and then we're going to talk about some other key moments in this match. The second and third goals together – And, like you said, the first goal, all coming from wide, and they always look dangerous. When we got the ball wide, we did not look as dangerous. Is that just, is it too simplistic to look at it that way? But these goals, again, they look preventable to me, and our defending was shocking.
2: Yeah. I mean, the bottom line is it's the quality of player, you know, in terms of their technical ability of players that they're. No knocking crosses in are better than ours. Full stop. And, and yep. there's no beating around the bush. And, and, and the golf, in terms of uh, financial and, and, and what they can look at in terms of players, is, is different than ours. So, but technically, you know, uh, as Emilio said, we sometimes hit the first man too many times, or mm-hmm. we don't get our head up to pick a pass. Uh, it was nice that Lookman looked. You know, did actually when he did get behind. He had the he had the, the the patience to look up and pick out Loftus Cheek um, for for the goal. You know, again, got to the byline too many times. We get there and we end up drilling it across the face of the goal instead of picking people out. You know, there's a, there's obviously uh, two ways you can you can hit space and expect the striker to come onto it, or you can you can mm-hmm. pull it back nicely to to the edge of the box or as he was inside the box to, to finish it. But the difference is the, is is the quality of the player in, in in them final pa- passages mm-hmm. play, you know. And the bottom line is, we haven't got that caliber of player at the moment in the Premiership to
1: compete with them. Okay. Um, that 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 that's what it's all 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 comes down to. Okay, excellent. Coming up next, we're going to talk about some key moments in the second half, and we'll end with the turning point of the match. Okay, guys, let's get to it. Let's not waste any time. Fulham were better in the second half, as we've already been talking about. And uh, you could say it's a combination of them putting their foot off of the gas and Fulham playing better and making the changes that they made. They were definitely looking better. But, guys, we have to go right to this. Let's talk about it. Emilio, I'm going to give you the honors. Let's talk about the penalty (laughs) miss, the decision to have – Oh. Ivan Cavallero take this. And Rob said this to us off air. He could tell by his body language that this is going to go over. And then, of course, he slips and it's just a mess. Why can we not score on penalties, Emilio? This is a, a big thing right now. This is a continuing saga. Yeah, and to be honest, I'd probably say you know be, you know before the game started,
0: with, if there was a penalty in the first half, I reckon Tom would have been the one taking it. So to be honest, I think I think in terms of in terms of who was it was yeah, the first mine, it would have been Tom. So bizarrely, he got substituted, and we sort of touched, scratched you know on the service yep. a few times on the show so far, but. You know, if, if Tom hadn't been substituted, you know, as we, we you know, he, I thought he, he had a reasonable game, not not brilliant by any stretch of the imagination, but he tried to make things happen that first half. And I, I was disappointed when he got substituted. He Had he been on the pitch, he would have probably at least taken a more conventional penalty. I think Cavalero's position, even his angle, even just it was too acute, to be honest. And Rob said off air that there was only one place he was going to position that shot. Why, well, you know, Danny Murphy, on the t- on the TV, on the commentary on our national television coverage, basically just just take a conventional penalty, you right. know, stand up, be focused, and and immensely know where you're going to position the ball. Whereas positionally, Cavallaro was out of sync. When's that, Were we ever seen Cavallaro take a penalty? Did he ever take cut penalties for Wolverhampton Wanderers a couple of years I no. have no idea. But it was bizarre, to be honest. But who else was available to take the penalty? Mitch, didn't maybe didn't have the balls to take it, or maybe he's so. <laughs> I'm just saying again. You're a big man, you know, one way to restore confidence and believe, or Lookman, maybe, but obviously it's the manager made the decision. Yep. It was from the queuing system here, and Tom wasn't on the pitch. The next person in line would have been Cavalera. So he took it. He looked confident, but then just as soon as he put the ball on, on the spot in his position and just his angle, just to me, smart, you're, you're going to miss this. Uh, he
1: did. And, and missed it, it badly.
0: It's <laughs> embarrassing, to be honest. I don't know it is. how we can redeem this situation. For me, Tom should Tom and Mitra should be the two primary penalty takers.
1: No, and I other, agree with that. At least
0: one of them will be on the pitch at all times.
1: Totally agree. Uh, all yeah. right, Rob, uh, I want to go to you because, again, right after that, quickly after that, you have the goal from, uh, from uh, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and uh, I thought he really added something to form when he came on and uh, that was a positive. Uh, you know, we were talking off air that maybe they shouldn't have taken Kearney off. I, I actually agree with this and just move Kearney back and, and uh, that would, that could have worked, you know, they could have done it that way, but they decided to, um, to take Kearney off and, uh, but Ruben Loftus-Cheek scores the goal. So what are your thoughts about this goal here?
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously he came on and, he's took his goal well. I think the only one positive run from Luckman second half, he went past uh, mm-hmm. the fullback and pulled it back and and, and and Rubens knocked it in. It's a nice goal, gives us a a nice fillip after just missing the penalty two minutes earlier. You know what I mean? We could have been yeah. 3 all as opposed to 3-2. Um, but, uh, you know, it, Ruben's obviously still working his way back to full mm-hmm. fitness after a serious Achilles injury, you know, so he's going to take a few games. Obviously, he had a, he had a game the other week and, and and some people said he he looked way off the pace and it'll take him a bit uh, a time to get used to how we play and how, we, how the premiership. I mean, he's an experienced player. I still think he can play there with with, with Tom. I, I agree with Amelia. I, I didn't think Tom should deserve to be taken off. Um, you know, I think I would have kept him on and kept, took off Lamina, um, and played Tom a little bit deeper and, and played mm-hmm. uh, uh, Loftus as a number 10. Um, yeah, he's a big, strong boy, and he's going to give you that, um, that element of you know, finesse when he's got the ball and, and strength and, and tenacity, hopefully, when we haven't got it, and you know. It's a team game and I think, you know, it's not going to be... The important decision here for Scott is what 11 he picks from week to week, you know, um, and that will change, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, no, no one's got a given right to play week in, week out in this in this division. And in the physical physicality side of it, they can't because there's going to be lots of games where we haven't got the ball and we'll end up chasing. It's not going to be the 60%, 70% possession that we endured when we were a championship side. It will be complete reverse. Mm. Um you know, so we're going to have to, you know, it's going to be a week, week by week. And, you know, we've got three very tough games coming up today. And I think today was a after today. And I thought today was a very good chance to, you know, get some points on the board after a team that had come into to, to this game with three defeats on the trot. And judging by that second half performance, yes, we've seen some nice signs. Um, but the bottom line is we've still come out of the game with zero
1: points. Mm. Yep. That's the bottom line. And totally agree with that. So, Guys, let's end with talking about the turning point of the match. And we were talking about this off air. Melio, I'll go. I'll go to you first. What, what do you think was the turning point of this match for you?
0: There's two. There's probably two turning points. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll ask the fans, people listening in, to see if they agree or disagree. So okay. you could argue the Starting lineup was a turn, turning point of the game. You know, one. You know, possibly not having Frank on the pitch. You know, maybe less so Mitrovic, but I think that that could be arguably a turning point in the game before we even kicked the ball. Alternatively, given the signing lineup, I thought look, when we were one one, and we were, we had two opportunities to break three against three or four against what well, coming home it was. And Lemina was one point where we had a very good opening there, and Lemina just fluffed. You know, just summed up his performance this afternoon. All got stuck in his feet. look, We lost a bit of momentum, and we lost that opportunity. Far too slow, and first touch not good enough. So you could argue one one when we were starting to dominate. You know. You've got to start creating your taking your opportunities. Be more, be more, be more direct. And unfortunately, we didn't take our opportunity. And then what happens? A few minutes later, Everton score a second, and they score a third. So you could argue that's you know tactically why did we why did we not play Mitrovic and Iglesias at a turning point, or Lemina maybe just slowing the ball, slowing the game down, and his ball getting stuck in his feet when it was one-one and we were on top. And then you get a sucker punch two-one. Um, going behind, so the, for me, they're the two start turning points. I don't know. If you, I don't know what you think, Rob, or what the fans think. Rob,
2: I, what you I, I, yeah. Again, I would, I would, I would probably point to two two uh, turning points. I think the substitution of taking Kenny and uh, off at that time was was a changing point at 55 minutes. For me, I thought that mm. was. I think that was a wrong decision. And I think the key, the other key point after that was the penalty miss. Okay, if we <laughs> yeah. scored the penalty, you know, we still 20, <laughs> 22 minutes to go. Um, yeah, we scored two minutes afterwards. So, you know, we might have scored two minutes afterwards if we'd have scored the penalty. So I think they were both very key points in in, in, in turning points of the game.
1: Okay, I'm going to share yeah. some comments because you asked him, you know. So you shall receive. Here we go. This is from our <laughs> friend Tony Gold, first 40 seconds kid. Disagree with that. This is from my friend Chris, who happens to be a Patriots fan but listens to all the shows of Cotterstock. He's not a fan of foam though. Conceding the two goals after being 1-1 was the turning point.
0: I on that point, though, yeah, if we if we we'd been a little bit more creative and maybe yeah. created an opportunity when it was you know at one one there with Lamina involved or not involved for that matter, then it could have been a different story, you know.
1: Okay, Rob, what are your thoughts about this calf staying on the pitch and Reed <laughs> going off? as a turning point for me.
2: Um, I think they were both as bad as each other. I know Reed <laughs> scored a goal. Um, I, you know they both not cut cut the mustard for me uh, all season. Um, you know, I think they've been very lucky to get the minutes on the pitch that they've had.
1: Okay, excellent. I have some more comments I'm going to share. Milo, by you by asking for comments because we're certainly getting them. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, okay, I have to share. This is from our friend Chris in Spain. Milo, your thoughts on this one? Not signing another striker in the window was one turning point.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We, we we keep going on about this, don't we? You know, it was quite clear if if Kamara, I think, was serving his third ma- third match ban, wasn't he? His third game yeah. uh, so potentially, he may have been on the bench or may have started today. And had had it not been for that suspension, but I agree, you know, we know that we haven't got enough depth up front, and the fact that we've scored two goals today is, is quite mer- quite remarkable, to be honest. So it's uh, but again, to Rob's point, we haven't picked up any points. So scoring two at home, you still you're still pointless that's that's a difference so
1: okay excellent i'm going to share this last comment this is from our friend kyle lewis Stimson, who's been on the show before mistakes 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 that is what is costing us mm. the points rob what are your thoughts about this because yes it's the mistakes but and you've already <laughs> talked about this but it's also the quality and uh when you look at everton you know it's funny i've seen comments on this i saw comments at halftime, I've seen comments from some of the fans. We have to give a lot of credit to Everton because they have quality that Fulham don't have.
2: Yeah, and and it's two different checkbooks in terms of, you know, what mm. type of defender or striker they're going for, the for the type of defender or striker that we would have been going for in the, in the transfer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen their mistakes regular up until today's game. Um, maybe we got away with it in the previous two or three yeah. games where we all thought... You know, we we were looking we were looking good going forward, but we were still conceding. We weren't conceding as many goals. Mm. We we all thought the two centre halves would be the turning point of our season that would yeah. have stopped. You mean it? The bottom line is that that's a that's a fairly new back. Well, it is a complete new back four and goalkeeper, so a back five. You know, have only probably played three four games together on the trot. You know, so they're probably still getting to know each other's games as much as they train every day. It does take. Uh, you know, it does take some time to get used to each other and understanding what the faults are or what their pluses are. If a fullback goes forward, you know, should Anderson, should I come over to this side of the pitch to cover for Iena if he's going forward? The same with Robinson. So, I mean, this is stuff that they'll be working day out, day in, day out on the training pitch. And it does take time. Um, but, you know, when you see it firsthand today, they're basic mistakes and they're basic, what I call basic Decision making, falteries. You know what I mean. And, and I said that before the game on on my Twitter. You know, just yeah. you know, make sure that we are very clear in our mind what in our decision making, yeah. uh, especially defending. And we were found wanting. I thought uh, not 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 just three times, uh, as Amelia alluded to earlier. You know, four, five, six times it could have been in that first half. Mm.
1: Totally agree. It, you know, it's funny. I said this to you earlier, Rob a lot of this is decision-making and they're making poor decisions, getting themselves into trouble. And uh, Tony actually mentioned that on the broadcast several times. And I completely agree with them on that. I'm going to share a couple more comments. I have to share this one because I want to get Emilio's thoughts on this. Listen, (laughs) uh, with all due respect, Rob, you you were a fantastic player. Danny Murphy's my favorite player of all time for Fulham. Okay. So I'm all on board on this, on Danny Murphy. Has spoken with Scott. Should we bring him on board? I would have Danny Murphy as part part of him in any way possible.
0: You know, it's it's. We were talking about this several years ago when Kit Simon's got the job. Yeah. And then the decision was, Danny Murphy was involved in the decision to install Kit Simon. So maybe Danny Murphy, if you stick to your job as being a BBC pundit, I think that's probably yeah. the best thing to do. And you know, I'm not sure I'd, I'd want him. You know, near the climate in terms of advisory level. You know, yeah. you know Then focus on his day job. But for me, the thing is, I know a lot, I've seen a lot. of Comments here about mistakes, mistakes, mistakes. We haven't yep. moved. But Rob made alluded to the point earlier. Look at all the defeats. I know we've only lost, we've lost a number of games this season, but Wolves, we lost by the goal. Two seasons ago, we lost by, I think it was 2 0, 3 0.
1: That's right. There's a you big know, difference here. Central Palace,
0: it was 2 1 this year, it was 2 0 two years ago. Arsenal thumped us 5 1 two years ago. So this game had the makings of that. Arsenal games a couple of years ago, we won one at half time, and we got annihilated in the second half and lost five one. We didn't do that today, so no. we are closer in games if we can eliminate those some of those mistakes. And let's be honest, how many mistakes have we made in the last few games? The West Ham game, you know, maybe it was our own downfall that we uh, we didn't take anything from that game. Nope. Sheffield United again, we should have we had should have won, should have won, but should have won Sheffield United won Sheffield at that point game, you know? against West
2: Ham. So we were all coming into yeah. this game. now. we're, no, we're no, in same
0: there is more. We are closer. We are trying to eradicate those mistakes. We are sort of more competitive. We're not getting touch wood, thrashed three or four nil game after game. Let's see what the next three games hold us all. But right. you can't judge a season on performances against Everton, Liverpool, Leicester and Man City. Focus, judge our season against the Sheffield United, the West Broms, the Burnley, no, no. Brighton's. And, and hopefully now we can we can be more competitive again. If we played Aston Villa today, we wouldn't lose three 0 at home, like we would. We would hit oh, I don't weeks. think
1: so. I, no, no, I mean, no, I agree with you, Amelia. I think yeah. that
0: we've improved. So I know absolutely. it's frustrating. We haven't got points on the board, but compare ourselves against the teams around us. We're never going to be able to compete against a top sixteen. Let's be very frank. You know the quality was there to be seen. Well, today. See,
1: I think Everton is a top sixteen, and yeah. I actually yeah. someone commented oh, yeah. on uh, our preview show. Is Everton a top six team? I think they are, Rob. You know, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Must definitely. I truly believe him. that. You know yeah. that they are a top six, so you have to think of it in those terms. And uh, you know, listen, we're going to be facing Leicester City too, but you'd have to put them. You know, and again, you could say top six, top eight, whatever you want to say, but they're in that mix of elite teams, and they showed it, especially in the first half, but. I'll go back to what Emilio said. Emilio brings up a good point. I know we have no points. I know we have nothing to show for it. But there's a big difference between what we saw last season compared to this season. Even at the beginning of this season, like you said, Aston Villa, I don't think this happens now against Aston Villa, Rob.
2: No, no. No, definitely. It's a completely new format of a team, and especially a back four, back five, and even in midfield, you know, we're probably five or six different players compared to the first Mm -hmm. two or three games of the season. So yeah, I'd like to have played them teams now because we give them a run for money.
1: Okay. (laughs) Good stuff. Well guys, listen, we do have to wrap this up. We will have a a post-match show in a few days, but I'm glad that we were able to do this right after the match with Rob and Emilio. And we're going to be having many more full-time shows, but let's wrap this up for Rob
0: Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
1: It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply. See McDonald's.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.